I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show for those who can never know enough about history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're talking about the only permanently occupied U.S. territory to be purchased from a foreign power. The day was January 17, 1917. Denmark sold the islands of St. Thomas, St. John, and St. Croix to the United States. The sale had been in the works for more than 50 years, but due to a number of political setbacks, the deal wasn't finalized until the tail end of the Great War. The U.S. Virgin Islands, formerly known as the Danish West Indies, are located in the Caribbean roughly 40 miles east of Puerto Rico and just west of the British Virgin Islands. The island group consists of three main islands, St. Thomas, St. John, and St. Croix, as well as several dozen smaller islands and keys. Like most Caribbean islands, St. Thomas and St. John were formed through volcanic activity and are characterized by rugged, mountainous terrain. St. Croix, on the other hand, was produced by a buildup of coral, giving it a flatter terrain and also making it the largest of the U.S. Virgin Islands. In 1493, Christopher Columbus landed on St. Croix, making him the first known European explorer to reach the archipelago. At that point, the islands were already inhabited by the Siboni, Carib, and Arawak tribes. But over the next two centuries, most of the native population would be wiped out by diseases introduced by early explorers and settlers. The island chain alternated between French and Spanish rule before finally coming under Danish control in the late 1600s. Denmark's colonization centered on the lucrative sugar trade and was fueled by the forced labor of enslaved African workers. The country continued to profit from its island plantations until the 1840s, when the price of sugar fell dramatically. The resulting downturn hurt the Danish government's bottom line, 
and led many to wonder if having a colony in the West Indies was still worth the cost. That question would be raised again in the summer of 1848, when several hundred enslaved workers on St. Croix led a successful revolt against their oppressors. The loss of slave labor made the larger plantations unsustainable, and many of the newly freed people struggled to support themselves, further exacerbating the island's struggling economies. By 1867, Denmark was fed up with the high cost and complicated logistics of running the islands and began seeking a buyer to take them off its hands. The United States expressed interest right away, with many officials viewing the islands as the perfect chance for the growing nation to extend its influence into the Caribbean. Secretary of State William Henry Seward drew up a treaty with Denmark to take possession of the islands that same year, but it was ultimately rejected by the U.S. Senate as payback for Seward's support of President Andrew Johnson during his impeachment trial. Another attempt to buy the islands was made in the early 1890s, but it too fell apart, this time due to the onset of the Spanish-American War. However, the U.S. would return to the table following the war's conclusion in 1898. The country's victory had just gained it the territory of Puerto Rico in the Caribbean and the territories of Guam and the Philippines in the Western Pacific. Its next target for expansion was to build the Panama Canal and owning the islands of St. Thomas, St. John, and St. Croix was vital to securing the planned route for the canal. Once again, a treaty with Denmark was negotiated, this time by Secretary of State John Hay, and while the Senate eventually ratified it in 1902, the Danish Parliament did not. In the end, it was the First World War that led both countries to finally strike a deal. After the sinking of the Lusitania in 1915, the U.S. started to worry that Germany might seize control of the Caribbean islands and use them as launching points for its submarines. With this threat top of mind, Secretary of State Robert Lansing approached Konstantin Brun, the Danish minister to the United States, about the possibility of purchasing the Danish West Indies. To his surprise, though, Brun rejected the proposal. Ceding the islands to the U.S. was an unpopular idea in Denmark. At the time, the United States was still racially segregated, and there was concern among Danish leaders that the island's predominantly black population would suffer similar treatment, or worse, under American rule. Brun asked for assurances that the black islanders would be afforded the same rights as white U.S. citizens, but Lansing refused, claiming that any such stipulations were beyond the scope of the treaty and would have to be worked out by Congress. The deal likely would have died right there, but Lansing pressed the issue by insinuating that if Denmark didn't sell the islands, the U.S. might forcibly seize them in order to prevent a German takeover. It was a jerk move to threaten military action against a neutral country, but it worked. The Danish government agreed to a peaceful transfer of power, and the two countries signed a treaty to that effect in August of 1916. Five months later, on January 17, 1917, the treaty was ratified by both governments and formally exchanged in Washington, D.C. Control of the islands was officially transferred to the U.S. on March 31st, at which time Denmark was paid the agreed-upon sum, $25 million in gold coin. The U.S. Virgin Islands were administered by the U.S. Navy from 1917 to 1931, 
During that time, the people living on the islands were confusingly granted American nationality, but not the political status of citizens. That changed in 1932, when an act of Congress granted them American citizenship, though Virgin Islanders wouldn't receive the right to vote for their own governor until 1970. Today, the U.S. Virgin Islands are a popular destination for vacationing tourists, both those traveling abroad and those from the mainland U.S. who don't even need a passport to visit. Much of the infrastructure and culture feels just like modern America, but you can still find glimpses of the island's Danish heritage in the form of preserved forts and monuments, as well as in the Danish street names. But regardless of which island you visit, if you're there on March 31st, you'd better be ready for a party. Each year, the islanders celebrate the date as Transfer Day to commemorate the transfer of power from Denmark to the United States. And yes, the sale technically went into effect on January 17th, but I guess Ratification Day just doesn't have the same ring to it. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to pass them along by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis, mm -hmm. back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.